world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's episode, got a fun one for you on a Friday. You were listening to Friday, November 10th show. I appreciate you. Hope you have a good weekend. And if you have today off because you get bank holidays off, happy for you too. Happy for you get to enjoy yourself a long little weekend. Blazers get a long weekend too. They last played on Wednesday. They got Thursday, Friday, Saturday off in LA. I thought the team was going to come home, but they traveled to LA. They're spending a weekend in Southern California before playing the Lakers on Sunday. And because of the timing of that game, it just doesn't make sense to do sort of a traditional preview. Uh, we had done previews in the past of, of uh, you know, this season we've done a bunch of, of game previews, but uh, we don't even know who's going to play in that game for the Blazers. Scoot Henderson's availability, Malcolm Brogdon's availability is up in the air. We'll talk about that more later in the show. But even the Lakers, they play Friday evening, like in a, in uh, you know hours. I'm recording this early Friday morning. They play in about 12 hours from now. Uh, and Anthony Davis is questionable for that game. So like previewing specifically a Sunday matchup two days ahead is, is not going to be easy for us. So instead, we're going to bounce around a little bit with some fun stuff I've got prepared for you. First, value of pace, as we'll talk about to open the show. Then the Blazers, they've sent a couple guys down to the G League. And I, why I think that's... Um, why, I, why I've, I think it's good to see them already committing to that type of development. And then we'll play... Another round of You'd Love to See It, talking about things you'd love to see when the Blazers next hit the floor. It's our little predictive preview game, uh, my little predictive preview game that, I, that I've got for you. We will cook that up in the third segment. But first, let's talk about the value of playing fast. It's been a thing all season for the Blazers. They want to play fast. They want to play fast. And um, you can only play as fast as your talent. Like, if you have guys who can excel at speed, you can play at speed. If you can run, 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 because you got a bunch of dudes who can run, 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 then you can do that. And when the Blazers were full, when they were whole, and they had Scoot Henderson, and they had Amphrey Simons, and, and they had more ball handlers and more athletes, um, and more shooting, quite frankly, just with, with Amphrey Simons on the court, like, so you could hit it ahead and, like, and scare people with space, um, playing fast was a thing that they were maybe going to be capable of. I don't think with their current group that playing super duper fast is even really possible. Um, just not enough dudes who can dribble, not enough, you know, not enough shooting to really spread teams out and to get into stuff. And I'm not talking just about running, like getting steals and running. I'm not talking about fast breaks necessarily, or um, uh, you know, or, or like you know, and switching end to end quickly. Old Wes Unseld outlet passes. I was not alive during Wes Unseld's playing days <laughs> the person I know who throws outlet passes is Kevin Love but that's for the that's for the older crowd Wes Unseld outlet passes like I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about that I mean it'd be fun if they played that way but I, I they teams don't really and I don't think the Blazers are currently capable of um you know they're they're 20th in fast break points to begin this season through through Thursday night night's games and they're 17th in points off turnovers they're not um you know points off turnovers it's just like maybe they don't shoot very well but uh it, they're not a team that's necessarily capable of just running. And I think it's, it's too reductive to say they got to run. Cause that's like, it, it isn't that simple, but boy, is it valuable. Boy, is it valuable. And and, and this is, this is why we talk about it so much. They mentioned it. The, the team mentioned it a million times. Um, 
heading into the season. It was a huge focus of them. And maybe when Scoot Henderson gets back and he's healthy and he's more comfortable and all those things, maybe we can this can that we can revisit this and say, okay, now that they're capable of doing it, how do they do it? But now I just want to talk about like I want to give you a little look into like how important it is. And when I talk about playing with pace, I'm talking about getting into stuff quickly. When the Blazers take a shot within the first nine seconds of the shot clock, they shoot 51% from the floor. 51% from the floor. And 33.8% from three. You might say, Mike, 34% from three is bad. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, but they're a 30% three-point shooting team overall. And when they wait in the clock, it gets a lot worse. So if they go in those first nine seconds, this is why I'm not talking about necessarily fast breaks, right? First nine seconds is like before the, before the clock gets to 15, right? Go quickly, get into your stuff, run double drag, somebody shoots off that. It's personnel based. I'm not sure that they can do that um, with, with a great deal of regularity, but I'm just talking about why we talk about it, why it's valuable, and if they can get the personnel back, why it's valuable. 51% from the floor. It's an effective field goal percentage of 57% when you count the value of three. So 51% from the floor, including 34% from three, 33.8% from three if they take a shot in the first nine seconds. Get into it quickly, run your action, get the ball to the corner, get that first good shot up, get you know two passes and get a shot up, attack and get a shot up. If you get in that first nine seconds, they've been pretty good. In the final 15 seconds of the shot clock, clock hits 15, Counts down, you know, late in the clock, obviously, you're going to get bad shots. Everyone knows you're up against it. But the final 15 seconds, so it's like a big swath of the shot clock. The Blazers are shooting 32%, excuse me, 38% from the floor and 27.6% from three in the final 15 seconds of the shot clock. Once that nine-second mark, things change. You know, the bulk of their shots are going to come in the middle of the clock. It's just how it works. Like, nobody wants to work late clock. It's hard to get a shot clock, a shot off even before, like, the 17-second mark because it's just hard to get across the court and get into a shot. So it's it's just hard to do it. It's hard to it's hard to do it. So the value the the majority of the Blazers' offense comes in the sort of the middle of the clock, and it struggles. Like you watch them, they're they're a bad half court offense. They're a bad half court offense because they're really light on shooting. They're a bad half court offense because right now, like as currently, they just don't have enough dribble pass guys like who can you know take you off the dribble and make good higher level reads, break down defenses, and make passes. Uh, they're just you know just that's just a personnel problem and a health problem. They're missing. They keep. The players who are good at that on the roster are already not that many, and all of those gentlemen seem to be getting injured. It's, it stinks. But late in the clock, or, or excuse me, the back half of the shot clock, last 15 seconds, 38% from the floor, 28%. We'll round up, we'll round up. 28% from three. That's an effective field goal percentage of 43%. So if they take a shot and the first 15 seconds of the clock, it's a 57% effective field goal percentage. Uh, what that is is... Uh, take, accounting that threes are worth more than two pointers. It's at there's 50% more. Uh, so 57% effective field goal percentage versus 43 effective field goal percentage. Pace matters. Playing with pace matters. They don't need to run, 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 but they need to get into stuff and prioritize getting into their actions and getting into looks early. Like this is, um, I took a lot of Latin as a youth. There's a Latin phrase, festina lente, means make haste slowly. And I think that's a good, that's a, um, 
Shout out to Lauren's boyfriend and local middle school basketball coach who, t- who taught me that uh, encouraging encouraging his middle schoolers to play quickly but not rush. And that's Festin Alente. The Blazers need to play quickly, but they don't need to rush because those first nine seconds of the shot clock is where all all their gold is buried. That is that is where their offense is gonna is gonna be a lot more successful because when you when you when you get into it and with the skill sets they have in the half court. They're going to struggle. They got to make haste. They got to make haste. They got to be, they got to fest in a lens. They make haste slowly. Get into your stuff quickly and get a good shot in those first nine seconds because then it gets hard. There's value in pace. I don't, I, I don't mean to say like this is a thing that they need to do this weekend or this week. Uh, this is just like in general why we talk about pace and why the team talks about pace because it's just so much more valuable to get a, shots early in the clock before the defense can really sit down and before they know what you're going to do um, and, and know what you're, you know, okay, the first action didn't work. Now you got to scramble and get into other stuff. Oh, oh, darn, late clock ISO. Like those are hard shots. The value of pace, it, it, it truly, truly matters. I, 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 think, I think we all know it intuitively, but I wanted to give you I wanted to give you the numbers behind it. And when the Blazers are fully healthy, perhaps they can get back to it. Uh, let's let's talk Rip City Remix. The Blazers sent a couple guys down to the Rip City Remix. Uh, somewhat curious because they're just... Um, they're a little light on availability, but I think there's value in just trusting this process and getting folks um, getting folks reps. Let's talk about the reps, the remix, and who the Blazers even might have available Sunday when they play the Lakers. All of that in the second segment. First, I want to tell you about the good folks at Jace Medical. Jace Medical is a service that wants to make sure you have peace of mind. So you have the medications you need in hand whenever anything in life comes up, whether that's big moments that disrupt things or just like the peace of mind to know, hey, that's in the cabinet and when I need it, I will have it. So I've told you about Jace Medical offering you things like life-saving antibiotics, but right now, they're offering more than just that, including a one-year supply of ED medications. So what if you're going on, you know, extended travel or you're worried about supply chain issues or you just want to make sure it's in the cabinet when you need it you don't have to worry whether you can refill your generics for cialis or viagra and this is possible because jace medical wants it to wants to take out the hassle of your life so go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12 month supply of your daily medication remember while you're there to use the promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well if you or someone you love would get that peace of mind from having a year supply of any daily medicine, be it antibiotics or, or your ED medication, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. And remember when you're there to use that promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. That's jace, J-A-S-E medical.com. All right. Talk the value of pace. Let's talk the value of the G League. The Blazers on Thursday assigned two players to the to the Rip City remix. Ryan Rupert, who's yet to play in meaningful minutes, and and Chris Murray, who played his first you know first half regular minutes against the Kings, uh, and he played second half minutes. Blazers played nine guys in the second half. Murray was one of the nine guys who played in the second half. But both of them are headed down to the G League. Uh, they're headed to the Rip City remix. 
it's not they don't have far to travel. Uh, really, that just means that they're those two gentlemen are in Portland while the rest of the team remains in Los Angeles for now ahead of in sunny Southern California ahead of their weekend meeting with Lakers. Uh, I do not know if the if these gentlemen will be if if Roops and and Chris Murray will be called up uh, ahead of ahead of Sunday's game. I would assume they would, right? Because if you just say, Okay, Malcolm Brogdon, hamstring strain, he's probably not going to play Sunday. Scoot Henderson, ankle injury, he's been out for, uh, you know, uh, 10 days, 12 days. Maybe he doesn't play Sunday, right? Like, maybe he's not available. If if you don't have Brogdon and you don't have Scoot, you have nine available players. Skylar Mays, Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Aiden, Tumani Kamara, Jabari Walker, uh... Justin Manaya and Moses Brown. Uh, Duop Reef has not dressed this year. They've he's been at, you know kept him out with um, on the G League assignment. He because he's he's has not been on the active roster. But um, I I don't think you can go into an NBA game intentionally with nine. So part of me thinks, and we'll, maybe by the time you listen to this, um, this will have sorted itself out that Rupert and uh, and Murray will be recalled from the G League and we'll just travel down to the to LA and and get to and we'll be on the active roster on Sunday and this won't be a thing. But the point is this is the value of the G League. This is this is why you do it, right? Um this is for guys who aren't going to play and uh I think this is like a maybe an important note to understand during the NBA season. Teams can teams don't practice very much. But even when you have, like, just like they don't, it's just the nature of it. But even when you do have these long stretches off, and the Blazers played Wednesday, they have, you know, uh, they traveled Thursday from Sacramento to LA. It's a pretty short flight. Uh, they have all Friday off and all of Saturday off. They're not going to, like, th- put all available players out on the floor and have a really physical practice. One, they're just like, they can't, they're light on available bodies. So, even if everyone was available, it's like, okay, all 11 of you go out and have like a two hour physical practice. Um, one, there's just like some health science around, like you, you probably don't want to, uh, they play way too many games as is. You just like, you don't want to extend them and practice it. And like, and two, you just can't risk the sort of like, oops, I stepped on someone's foot and now I have a bum ankle or whatever it might be, or I got hit in the face fighting for a rebound in practice. Like teams just don't do it. They don't go, they don't have those like full contact practices very often during the season. So the way to get young guys reps the way to get young guys um like tr- work is to is to use the g league and the blazers have you know and if you have it locally like the blazers do now with the remix then this is the way you do it ryan repairs like he the way to get him a full contact really actual real practice using the same language the blazers do the same sets the blazers do the same approach the blazers do and it was the value of the in-house g league team is to send him to the is to send him to the remix for a weekend same with chris murray uh you know i think the idea of chris murray is really valuable for what the blazers need he's a versatile defender shooting the left-handed forward who can play both uh positions but He's behind Tamani Kamara right now in the lineup. He's behind Jabari Walker. Both those gentlemen are just like straight up better. Tamani Kamara has been really good on defense. Um, Jabari did not have a great game Wednesday, but typically he's been just solid and he brings a sort of level of aggression aggression on the boards and activity um, where he, where you know he's just he's been he's been helpful. Uh, albeit like you know obviously with the caveats about the Blazers' offense, et cetera, et cetera. But Murray is behind those gentlemen to to get the fully realized version 
of Chris Murray, send him to the G League. I think this is real valuable. And 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 moreover, what I like about this is it shows that the Blazers are continuing to think about the big picture. Okay, um, we're incredibly shorthanded right now. We're you know we're we're coming. We need bodies, but what we really need is our players to be good into the like it, be ready into the future. G League assignment. So if they're not, if they don't come back, like if they're not there in, in LA on on Sunday night, um, one maybe you could read it as as your tinfoil hat positive. Guess who's going to be available? But like I'm not going to speculate on that. But like you know the injury report and who which rookie point guard might be available. And but I don't think this suggests this. I, I think what it suggests is that the Blazers are taking this, taking the developmental approach with their young players that aren't quite ready to contribute on an NBA team seriously. I will say it's noteworthy to me that Justin Manaya doesn't get sent to the remix. Justin Manaya is on a two-way contract, and you know what? The Blazers think his level of defense, and he played in, 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 in that game on Wednesday night. He was part of the nine-man rotation on Wednesday night. He, he thinks, they think, you know, his defensive activity is more helpful in an NBA game right now, and he needs less, you know, maybe not needs less reps, but, like, there's more valuable for the, for rookies Murray and Rupert to go get that G League season and go get that G League practice and all of that. I think, um, you know, go go play like go go play with the team and 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 um, and, and get your minutes. I think uh, I, I like the approach. I like the approach from from the Blazers in general. Um, I think. We will see how it plays out this season and whether they continue to kind of send guys down for a couple practices and all that. But, um, you know, in the second half of the Blazers game against the Kings, they didn't bring Moses Brown back. They played small with Samani Kamara and Jabari Walker and Brown and, and Rupert. Like they played they played with the wings and they were comfortable with it. Um, can they do that again against the Lakers? Maybe, maybe. I, I You know, I, I think depending on who's available for the Lakers, yeah, I think you can continue to kind of battle them and, and, and see if you can play all your wings and play just like here are our most effective players and go for it. But you know, if they don't, if they need Moses Brown to play and Chris Murray's unavailable, I think the, the value of getting developmental imminence in the G league is obvious and useful and, and, and you like to see it. Speaking of stuff you'd like to see, we're playing another game of you'd love to see it to close the show. Uh, this is, this is where we talk about the next game ahead and things that we would truly, truly love to see. That's what we will do to close the show. A couple things you'd love to see featuring Matisse Thibel and DeAndre Ayton and a little bit of appreciation of Shaden Sharp's game. Join me in the final segment of the week as we talk about things you'd love to see. But first... Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play Prize Picks on the app. I think the app is super easy to use. And how it works is you make an entry between two and six players. You pick your sport and you pick more or less than the projections set by Prize Picks. So I play the NBA. You can play all mix and match sports if you want. You can play all NHL if you're a hockey person. If you're a hockey person listening to this uh, podcast, cool. Right on. Uh, if you want to play NFL, you can play the NFL. But and you can mix and match a little bit of NFL stats, a little bit of hockey stats, a little bit, a little bit of the NBA. But how it works is you pick a ballot between two, you make an entry between two and six players, and it's just you versus the prize picks projection. So for me, it's things like when I'm playing, I see things like points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and I say more 
or less. I say, Shane Sharps, he's getting a block on Sunday. Give it to me. Uh, Jeremy Grant, he's getting that fourth rebound. I'm going more than three and a half rebounds, uh, and I'll go I'll go less than three and a half assists for Jeremy Grant uh, because known hater Mike Richmond. Uh, but it's just you versus those projections. It's not the field. It's not sharks. It's not you know b- you know big game people. It's just you versus the numbers. And when you win, you get your money quickly. So if you're a first time if you're a first time player, why don't you go to PricePicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a deposit match up to a hundred bucks. If you're a first time user, they'll match you dollar for dollar up to a hundred bucks. You put in a hundred dollars, match you a hundred dollars. Put in fifty dollars, they'll match you fifty dollars. But you got to go to PricePicks.com slash locked on NBA to play and use that code locked on NBA. It's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Still a pass versus point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked the value of the G League. We talked the value of pace. Now let's look ahead. This was usually this is usually a spot we do the sort of uh, preview of the Lakers game, um, but t- too many un- too many uncertainties between now and then. So instead, we'll do another version or another episode segment. I think it's a segment. Another segment of you'd love to see it, where we talk about things you'd love to see in this game. Um, one of the secrets to the Blazers' sauce this year, one of the reasons that they're still competitive, and they are competitive. I would say that's like the most most rewarding part of the season is that they've been competitive in these games. Getting waxed early in the season, they kind of settle down, they're competitive, they play hard, they keep themselves in the game, they're competitive, um, they're, they get after it on defense, and their offense has been just good enough to, to hang while their defense has, has, um, has kind of kept them in games. But one of the secrets of their offense is even remotely functional this year. So they get to the free throw line. They shoot free throws. They're 11th in free throw rate. And a lot of that is Jeremy Grant and Shaden Sharp. I think one of the best parts about Shaden Sharp's growth this season is that he's shooting five free throw attempts per game. Aggressive, getting to the rim, drawing contact, accepting contact, knowing knowing that drives and and um and being aggressive off the dribble and getting, you know, using his functional athleticism to get himself to the rim. Um is going to get him free points. Um, he's five free throw attempts a game is a great number for Sharp. It's a great indicator for Sharp. Um, it's it is truly one of the the things that I've appreciated most about his growth is that he's just like this is what's you know what really good players do in this league is they are relentless in making you guard them. They draw fouls and they get and they and you know they they get downhill and then they use the threat of getting downhill and getting all the way to the rim to open up their jump shot, open up their mid range pull ups like. Sharp's arsenal has to include free throws, and so far it has. It's, it's one thing I've really, really liked about his offensive growth this season. Um, if they could get guys to set him harder screens, uh, Rob Williams, definitely the best screener on the roster. Um, get well soon, Rob. He could even get more of these. But I'm t- I want to talk about free things you'd love to see, and the number I would love to see on Sunday night when the Blazers play the Los Angeles Lakers is five. Five. If you remember last game, I, I, uh, heading into the Kings game, the number I'd love to see was 14 field goal attempts, and that was for DeAndre Ayton, a season-high 14 field goal attempts. He did it. 14 field goal attempts, finished with 18 points and 10 boards, had a great fourth quarter with eight points on 4-4, shooting all mid-range pull-ups. Excuse me, mid-range jumpers, mostly catch-and-shoot variety. Uh, it was... It, Da was good in that game. He was good and he was aggressive, and they they did a better job of finding him, and they kind of went away from him or didn't know how to use him yet again uh, when they got to OT. But they didn't have Shaden Sharp, and they're just like they're missing. They're they're, they're they need 
because of how limited their skill set is, they need they need their players on the they need their best players on the court. They need their their sort of dribble and pass guys on the court um, in order to set up anything on offense, or it gets it can get a clunky in a hurry. It's already clunky to begin with, but clunky in a hurry. So the thing I would love to see in this game is five free throw attempts. Five. Here's the number for you. I want to see Matisse Thybul and DeAndre Ayton combine for five or more free throw attempts. That doesn't seem like that many, right? But it is a massive number. The Blazers through eight games. I've played eight games. Matisse Thybul and DA have combined for eight total free throw attempts. Eight total. Eight total for two players who are in the starting lineup. They average one a game between them. Matisse Thibel had not taken a free throw attempt until Wednesday night against the Kings when he had five. He got them all in the first half and they all came the same way. He's going to space to the corner. That's going to be his role, right? Um, he's not a great passer, not a great ball handler, and his value is going to be eventual 3ND presence. Um, he was one for four on threes in that game. Uh, I thought he should have taken one at the end of the game and uh, sent it to double OT, but whatever, he didn't. Um, but Thibel has to be aggressive has to be. And his free throws in the, in the game against the Kings all came the same way. He catches it in the corner, closeout comes, he attacks the closeout, gets himself to the middle of the paint and scores trying to make a layup. Drive from the corner, get to the middle of the paint. Attacking the paint, getting the touches in the paint and being able to pass or make plays, shoot, pass, make plays from there is the sort of the whole principle of Chauncey Billups and many offenses around the league, but the whole the whole principle of the of the offense. Drive, get a paint touch, make the defense guard you. Either get a shot off from there or 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 share the ball. Matisse Thibel is go- they're going to help off Thibel. They don't guard him like a shooter. I know he shot well in his twenty some games with the Blazers last season, but teams do not guard him like a shooter. He is going to catch the ball in the corner with space, and I want him to do two things. I want to make quick decisions. One, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Thirty percent on the team from three. Um, you're not going to hurt anyone taking three pointers, particularly open catch and shoot from the corner. But when you don't, when he doesn't do that, or when he sees the closeout coming hard, attack, attack, be aggressive. Four or five from the free throw line, uh, all the same way. Drive from the corner, get into the middle of the paint, draw a foul. He had two free throws, you know, shooting free th- uh, shooting fouls, one and one. Uh, went four or five from the line. He had not attempted a free throw before those. Uh, before those, he took five in the first half against the Kings. Huge number for him, five. DeAndre Ayton, 18 and 10 against the Kings, did not attempt a free throw. He's taken three all season long. Matisse Thibel had taken zero till Wednesday, took five. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's taken three all season long. I am not asking DeAndre Ayton to change his just like core who he is, right? I think like a big part of the NBA is that we say, what if he did this? But like some of it is just like, this is what he does. How can we, how can you turn it up? Like, how can you turn the dial up a little bit? For his career, DeAndre Ayton is a, it takes 2.6 free throw attempts per game. Last year in Phoenix, he took a career high three a game. He is not a he is not someone who gets to the line with regularity. First of all, it's just not how he wants to play. He is not someone who puts crazy pressure on the rim. He finishes some lob dunks, but he's not like Amari Stoudemire rolling hard to the paint. Um, he's not commanding crazy pressure and, and, you know, he's not 
really, really physical in his post-ups. He's a really good mid-range shooter. That's where he's comfortable in. That's what he's good at. And like, at some point, do what you're good at. Like Matisse Thibel had a good point about that in uh, at Media Day way back when that I think about a lot. Is like, the reason you're in the league, and then he mentioned this about himself, the reason you're in the league is because of what you do well. So it's more important to do what you do well every time and do it at that at the highest level and then worry about your weaknesses. So um, I don't want, I'm not like, I don't need DeAndre Ayton to change his stripes drastically because I don't think he can. And I think you still want him to take catch and shoot 15 footers because that's what he's good at. And that will open up um, his game and the offense and, and all those things, right? Like the, him, him scoring and shooting from the middle of the court is fine. But being aggressive to drawing, drawing free throws, even if it's not shooting fouls, right? If it's getting aggressive when the Blazers are in the bonus to just get yourself to the free throw line, he's a good free throw shooter, has good touch, shoots, you know, above 75% for his career. It's three of three on the season, 100%, right? Uh, I the, the thing I would love to see against the Lakers, I would love to see it. Matisse Thibel, DeAndre Ayton combine for five free throws, however you splice it, because it's a good indicator, right? Matisse Thibel cannot stay on the court if he's not aggressive. It's why he hasn't played, and, and Chauncey Billups has mentioned it. It's why he hasn't, it's why he's, he's, you know, he's passed up some shots or has lost his aggression, and it's like, hey, you, if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to be an aggressive offensive player, we can't play you, um, and that's why Tumani Kamara in some ways has closed that, and that he's just like a better sort of traditional get in a stance type of defender, better length and all that, but if the Blazers are shorthanded with no Malcolm Brogdon still and, and potentially no Scoot Henderson still on Sunday, Matisse Leibel is going to have to play and play a bunch. Um, so him being aggressive on offense is key. And Aiton is, has to play all the time for the Blazers who are also, you know, down, a, down a center. So like, Aiton's going to play and play a bunch, and I want him to continue to be aggressive. Five is the thing I'd like to see. Five free throw attempts. I think it'll be a good indicator for your pinwheels. That's going to do it for today's show. Apologies to the audio listeners for this one coming out a little bit late. Um, life gets in the way sometimes, but here's your Friday show, uh, Friday, November 10th show. I appreciate you. Uh, to my YouTube watchers, you don't even, you didn't even know this one was late because it's coming out about an hour after. Uh, it's coming out about an hour after it typically does on Friday morning. Uh, do me a favor. Tell your friends about the show. We got uh, Blazers games next week, Friday or excuse me, Sunday, Monday, um, or excuse me, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. We got a, a, pre, a in-season tournament game Tuesday against the Jazz, uh, Wednesday back against the Cavaliers, and then Friday again against the Lakers in another in-season tournament game. Four games next week. Going to be a whole bunch of fun. Guess what? We will talk about all of them right here on the show. Uh, next time you hear me, we'll be talking about the Lakers game Um That'll be Sunday evening show. Look for that one. It'll be Monday show, but it'll come out on Sunday evening. It's what we do five days a week, wherever you get podcasts. Tell your friends about the program. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. 
Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.